step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is Roof... This is Roof Talk Radio. Hello, my name is Jeff Broderick, and I'm going to be the host of Roof Talk Radio. We're going to come to you for about 15 minutes and discuss all things roofing. We're going to talk about facility managers and what they look for when it comes to managing the roof. We're going to talk about building owners and what's important to them. And most of all, we're going to talk about how we can approach this industry just a little bit differently. Coming up, Episode 5, Apples and Oranges, making sure you get the best value out of the most expensive project your facility will probably ever undergo. This is Roof Talk Radio. Good morning. Happy Monday, Roof Talk Radio listeners. We are coming to you with episode five this morning, uh, apples versus oranges, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I hope everybody had a good weekend. This weekend is a little bit crazy here uh, in Chicagoland area because we got up a little over 50 degrees yesterday. So this time of year is always so confusing (laughs) weather-wise because we go from extremely cold to uh, warm weather and then back to extremely cold again and back and forth. And sometimes we have snow and sometimes we don't. Typically right when we lose the snow, it comes again, which uh, unfortunately is anticipated over the next couple of days. So I got to get used to it. I've lived here pretty much my entire life, and uh, uh, I should not complain anymore. However, I think it's it's just part of being a Chicagoan. <laughs> you got to complain about the winters. Last week, we had a great episode with uh, Adam Weinstein. If you have not listened to that, um, I definitely recommend giving it a listen. Um, we had him on talking about coatings and talking about whether coatings are a good option when it comes to restoring your roof and what the various coatings are and and uh, just a great show. So again, a big thank you to Adam for that. If ever you want to participate in a Roof Talk Radio broadcast, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me. The easiest way is to reach out to me on LinkedIn directly. Uh, Find me on LinkedIn and send me a DM and uh, let me know what you're thinking and we can certainly connect and see if it makes sense to to create a a show around that topic and uh, move forward. Uh, Lastly, I do want to say this. I always like to give the guest call-in number so that if anybody ever wants to call in, ask questions, weigh in on conversations, uh, you can certainly do so. But talking to somebody last week about this it is also something that I, I do recognize that, that some of you may not be comfortable calling in and being live on the air. Uh, but if you have questions, you can also, um, as you some of you have already, please feel free to reach out to me um, through a direct message, a DM on, on LinkedIn. And I'd be happy to connect with you and, and call you privately or, or respond via uh, direct message as well and uh, answer any of those questions and, and give any of the input that I have. So, 
with that being said, I always also like to give out the call-in number. So 516-418-5936. Again, it's 516-418-5936. If you do want to call in, again, otherwise feel free to send me a DM, and I'll be happy to respond that way. This show is something that I try to provide some good value to those who have roofs that they are managing, whether it's REITs or uh, uh, just commercial real estate owners in general or, or property managers, facility managers, anybody who has roofs underneath their, their uh, direction of what they are responsible for, I'm hoping this can provide some good value and content in those aspects. This is a show that is subjective in a lot of ways. So there are, again, I mentioned this last week, there are probably a hundred different opinions out there. Um, and, and everybody has a different opinion uh, to just about every topic when it comes to roofing. So I'm going to try to do the best I can to not sound like the uh, authoritarian in this entire subject matter um, and, and make it very clear that I've been doing this for 17 years and, and I've got a pretty good independent unbiased point of view uh, in, in most aspects of roofing in general. And I've really tried to focus on staying independent and neutral and unbiased in order to keep my mind open to, to all the various opinions that are out there and kind of weigh in what I, what I feel are the, the best and, and, and the worst of all of those opinions and, and form my own. So again, the show is really uh, based upon a, a conglomeration of 17 years of forming my own opinions on some of these matters, but certainly uh, there are others out there that have various opinions that may or may not differ from the opinions you hear on this show. Uh, I am happy to talk further about that if there's ever a question as to why my opinion is what it is on any of these topics. Apples versus oranges. So what do we mean? Well, we are talking about roof replacement projects. Um, and maybe it's not a roof replacement. Maybe it's a roof renovation project. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a, a roof that you are trying to uh, not have to tear off, but be able to go over the top of because you only currently have one roof system up there. Um, there are so many various options when it comes to your roof and what it is that you can and cannot do uh, when it comes time for a roof replacement project. What I find typically with the people I do business with prior to doing business with them is that when it came time for a roof replacement project, they would pick up the phone and call a handful of contractors and ask them for a bid or a proposal for a roof replacement. And while that is probably the way to get pricing for roof replacements, the trouble with that is, is trying to weed through this desk full of proposals and make heads and tails out of them and try to understand what are the differences from this person's proposal and this person's proposal beyond the price differentiation. Which one provides more value? Does that $100,000 proposal actually provide more value than that $120,000 proposal or vice versa? And how do I know what the differences are? Because not being a roof expert as a building owner, you probably haven't taken the time to really dive into an industry that is not of your own to understand what those variations are. So how do you get around that? How do you make sure that you are getting the absolute best value? 
Well, you take apples and oranges and you separate them. And you put a little orange pile over here and you put a little apple pile over there. And then you make sure that you get apples to apples bids. And if you want to compare oranges to apples to see if maybe there's a, a better value between those, then get multiple apples to apples bids and get multiple oranges to oranges bids. Then you can understand the difference between those and know where your price differentiation is between those things. So without going into further fruit analogies, um, what do I mean by that? Well, the scope of work can vary dramatically and it can change the cost of a project and it can take away from the quality of the project or add to the quality of the project, depending on what that scope is. A couple of examples. I have seen quite often that I will have a proposal to a, in front of somebody that I do business with for a TPO roof system. And, um, and they come back to me and so they say, Hey, I've got a number, I've got another price from another contractor and it is substantially higher or substantially lower than the one that you gave me. Um, and I'm not understanding why that is. And so what I will say is, first of all, is it is it apples to apples? Is it for the same? Well, yeah, it's they're they're both TPO roofs. And I said, okay, well, can you please send it to me so I can take a look at it? Once I get them both in front of me, I can often see where those differences are right away. For instance, there is 45 mil TPO. There is 60 mil TPO. There's actually 80 mil TPO. There are various thicknesses of TPO that can make a big difference when it comes to price. There's also variations with underlayment. So one person might be giving you a price for a half-inch fiberboard. Another person might be giving you a price for a one-inch ISO board. Now, for those in the roofing industry, they know the difference between those two things. For those outside of the roofing industry, they may not know the difference between those two things, but there is a difference. And what the difference can mean is the longevity of the roof. It can mean uh, R value, insulated value for your roof system. And ultimately what it can mean is a variation in the warranty that's being able to be provided. So making sure that when you have a scope that is apples to apples or oranges to oranges, doesn't matter which pile it's in, as long as they are all exactly the same in each individual pile, you want to make sure that that scope is for the same thickness of membrane, uh, that it is calling for the same underlayment underneath that membrane, the attachment to that, right? So one is mechanically fastened, one is fully adhered. Big difference in pricing. Adhesives are very expensive as opposed to fastening a roof system down. Which one's better than the other? Again, a handful of different opinions. I'll be happy to give you my own when the time comes that you ever have those questions and you'd like to reach out to me. I'll be happy to talk about the differences and uh, what my opinion is based upon your individual circumstance with your building. However, you want to make sure when you're comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges that the way that that roof is attached is the same for each proposal. The other thing that you want to make sure is the warranties are the same. So here's some of the things that when I talk about some of the tricks in the commercial roofing industry, um, there is, I do, and, and I don't accuse anybody. If this has ever happened to you, I'm not certainly saying that somebody intentionally tried to mislead anybody. Not saying they didn't, but I'm not saying they did. 
What I am saying is that a 20-year warranty or a 15-year warranty is not always the same as the other 15-year warranty or 20-year warranty. There is something called a material warranty in the industry, and you might get a 20-year material warranty. That is different than a 20-year NDL warranty. It's also different than a 20-year prorated warranty. So, so these warranties are different, but really when it comes to your roof, the warranty is super important, in my opinion, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's important to understand that a material warranty really does not hold much weight to it unless you happen to get a faulty run of material, and that material itself begins to fail within whatever time period that is. So if, a, if you have a 20-year material warranty, and for some reason there was a faulty run of materials and your roof that you had on that faulty run begins to deteriorate prematurely, then the materials would be covered under that warranty. A prorated warranty. You might get a 20-year warranty that's prorated for labor and material. The problem is the older the roof gets, the less coverage you have. And so as that roof gets older and it gets towards its period of time where probably the warranty would provide its most value, right? Hopefully in the first five years, even 10 years of a new roof, you're not having many issues assuming that things were done well. But you get into that 15 to 20 year mark and you have a roof that now only has 5% of its warranty left or less, 2% of its warranty, whatever, wherever you're at in that 20 year cycle. Now, all of a sudden, when you have a roof that has problems, you don't have much coverage at all remaining on that warranty. Then you have something called an NDL, a no dollar limit warranty covers labor and material uh, provided by the manufacturer. That's the other thing I do want to talk about. And I'll talk about that in just a minute, the difference between manufacturer versus contractor warranties. But you have an NDL manufacturer warranty covers full labor, full materials for the full life of the warranty, non-prorated. Now you've got something that in the later years of this serviceable life of this roof still has full coverage under the warranty so that if things are going wrong that should be covered under warranty on that roof, it is covered fully, 100% to the full length of that warranty, whether it's 15 or 20 years or, or beyond. I, I can you know, get 25 years of warranty uh, it, it going with certain types of membranes. So, so again, full coverage NDL warranties are super important, and making sure that they are a manufacturer Manufacturer warranty versus a contractor warranty. This is another thing that can be tricky in this industry. Somebody might give you a full labor and material contractor warranty for 20 years. Understand that the contractor themselves will be the ones who are issuing the warranty. So therefore, they will be the ones who are deeming whether the work that is needing to be done is warrantable or not. Or not. Secondly, the warranty is only as strong as the company who is backing that warranty. So uh, a contracting company is only able to provide a warranty that is as strong as they are of a company. If they go out of business next year or uh, 
shut down, they dissolve and reopen under a different name. Whatever they do, if they end up no longer existing under the name and the company that you have with that warranty, it no longer offers a warranty for your roof. So having a manufacturer, a major manufacturer, uh, backing up your warranty is extremely valuable for the, the validity of it. When you start talking about companies like Firestone or Carlisle or GAF, these manufacturers have billions of dollars behind them supporting and backing up the warranty for the roof that's on your building. So again, giving you that added reassurance that your warranty not only is for the full duration with no proration at all, and it is giving you uh, full labor and material coverage through an NDL, and it's backed by a multi-billion dollar manufacturing company. This is where you have the strongest warranty on an extremely expensive asset on that facility. So there in lies where you're going to want to make sure that every bid that comes in meets that standard of what you're willing to accept as an acceptable warranty. In my opinion, the only one that matters is an NDL, a manufacturer NDL warranty. Uh, everything else, it really doesn't matter, in my opinion, whether you have one or don't, because they really don't hold water uh, when you need them to. No pun intended. So the next aspect of understanding uh, an apples-to-apple scope does fall into the realm of the manufacturer themselves. So here's where I do recommend opening the door a little bit for some variation, but do it in a way that, that is consistent. So whenever I work with somebody who's got a roof replacement project, and again, I, I try to not use this uh, radio show to uh, promote my own um, business. Uh, however, I certainly would love to work with anybody who's listening to this. Um, I have streamlined a process that for the people that I do business with to be able to get this streamlined in an apples to apples environment and be able to quickly present um, apples to apples bidding um, and, and do so in a way that doesn't add additional traditional consulting fees or anything else to, to the cost of doing these projects. And, and again, I'm happy to talk about that if anybody would like to reach out and discuss that further. But one thing that I am consistent with when it comes to opening up a, a bid procurement process for an apples to apples environment is specking the major manufacturers, multiple, plural, uh, but making sure it's the major manufacturers, no offshoots, nobody who's not going to be able to, again, have the same type of backing behind these warranties that, that the big guys will have. But, but don't close it off. Don't make it Firestone only, Carlisle only, GAF only. Open it up to the multiple manufacturers, Firestone, Carlisle, GAF. Uh, they, these big manufacturers even have uh, subsidiaries, uh, such as Versico, a subsidiary of, of Carlisle. Uh, Ginflex, a subsidiary of Firestone. These are the major manufacturers. And as long as you are specking your scope to include all of those major manufacturers, you're opening up your bid pool. And by opening up your bid pool, you're going to be able to have the best chance of getting 
the best price for an apples-to-apples genuine scope. And again, whether it's Carlisle, Firestone, GAF, they're all super good manufacturers. They are all well-backed manufacturers um, and, and provide the same value, in my opinion, one from the other. And, um, and again, opening up that bid pool means you're not only going to get the best pricing from potentially a Firestone contractor, but maybe the Carlisle contractor can do a little bit better and increase that value of what you're getting. So, um, so again, opening it up to the major manufacturers and specking it that way is going to be a huge benefit for you who is having to pay for what is going to be, I promise you, uh, probably the most expensive project that your building will ever have to undergo, um, assuming that you're not doing some kind of crazy renovation build out, that type thing, but just a renovation project of the existing, nothing more expensive than that roof replacement. The other thing to watch out for, and uh, the, the last thing I'll, I'll state when it comes to scope, is also being aware that there are some differences out there in what you can do to a roof. Um, now, code requirements, I don't care what state you're in, code requirements only allow you to have two roof systems on your building, okay? So once you have your original roof and then a roof put over the top of it, it is at its limit. You cannot put a third roof up and stay in code compliance. So oftentimes what somebody might recommend doing with this building is tearing off that down to the deck. When you do that, you are forced to come up to code requirements of whatever the state code is for insulation value, for R value. Uh, for instance, in Illinois, uh, which is where I'm located at, we have a code requirement of R30. It is 5.2 inches of insulation. So if you tear off both roof systems down to the deck, you have to come up to 5.2 inches of insulation before you can put your new roof membrane down. Now, most of these roofs that are coming off, they didn't have the same code requirement when they were put on. So they may be only two and a half inches thick or three inches thick. So now you're having to come up another three to to, to uh, three and a half inches um, in, in height, and which means everything that's on that roof, all the penetrations, all the curbs, skylights potentially, anything that now is going to lose its flashing heights will have to be raised in order to meet those manufacturer-required flashing heights. So oftentimes somebody might come up with a value-engineered spec, which means don't tear off down to the deck, which will require you to come up to R30 code. Instead, if it's plausible, some roofs you can't do this to because they're two asphalt roofs on top of each other. There's no way to separate them. But oftentimes you can take off the top roof and leave the original roof in place. And as long as it's not saturated, uh, you can go back over the top of that with only one inch of ISO board or a half inch fiber board. You do not have to come up to code because you did not go down to the deck. And the savings in that is tremendous. So again, if somebody is recommending a tear off and their scope is calling for R30 because they're tearing off all the way down to the deck and somebody else is calling for what's known as a peel or a partial tear off, 
and they're only removing that top layer of roof and they're coming back with only one inch of insulation or a half inch fiberboard, there's going to be a massive difference in pricing. And the warranty may still only may still be the same. It might still be the 20 year NDL warranty on both of those aspects, but the pricing is tremendously different. And that's where you have to weigh in the value to you as the building owner to this is a long-term hold. We're very concerned about our heating and cooling costs. We, we feel like we're not energy efficient at all, and we could certainly benefit from getting up to our 30 insulation on our roof to, to, to keep our uh, heating and cooling costs down. That might be a better value to you than only going back with one inch of ISO or, or a half inch fiber board and not getting much R value up there. Or you might be looking to sell this building in the, in the coming few years and getting rid of uh, that heavy cost and making it to where you are paying as little as you can, but getting the maximum warranty that you can might be where your best value is. Again, every situation is different. And so you have to make that own de- your own determination, but understand what those differences are. And then make sure you're apples to apples or oranges to oranges, but not apples versus oranges. I'm going to jump back one more time on the warranty issue. When I talk about contractor warranty versus manufacturer warranty, this is the last big benefit that I'll give you with regard to the warranty. I did talk about the differences in the warranties. NDL manufacturer warranty being the one that makes the most sense. Uh, It's really the only one that's going to hold any water uh, when it's needed. And uh, getting away from contractor warranties, getting away from material warranties, and getting away from prorated warranties, uh, I, I definitely strongly encourage you to do so. But the other reason for an NDL warranty is that it is the only warranty out there that will provide oversight from the manufacturer to making sure the install was done properly per industry standards per manufacturer requirements. If they are only issuing a material warranty, they will not come out and do an inspect. It doesn't matter how the roof was installed unless that material uh, uh, deteriorates prematurely, they're not paying out on a warranty. But when they're covering labor and material, no dollar limit on it, they are going to send out their representative to do a complete walkthrough of that entire roof once it's installed and ensure that it met manufacturer requirements make sure that it's up to industry standards before they issue that warranty so you get additional oversight with a manufacturer ndl warranty that you're not going to get from a material warranty Um, also a contractor warranty is not going to provide you additional oversight from a manufacturer from a third party now the contractor will oversee their own stuff and i I doubt they're going to tell you they didn't do things right Uh, but having a manufacturer come out there and put eyes on a roof that you just recently had installed gives additional support and um, reassurance that you had a roof that was put on properly. If there's anything wrong with that roof, uh, wasn't done properly, they're going to make a checklist of items as to what needs to be corrected, and that contractor will need to make those corrections prior to that warranty being issued. So when you get an NDL in your hand, you can feel reassured that your roof was looked at and approved by the manufacturer who is warranting that roof. Another great reason for a manufacturer NDL warranty beyond just the coverage is the oversight and the peace of mind of knowing that you had a roof 
that was overseen and installed properly according to industry and manufacturer requirements. So when we talk about apples versus oranges, there are a lot of variations and a lot of different things that can come into play uh, when it comes time for your roof replacement. And it can make a massive difference, um, even a, even a 3% or 5% or in some t- cases 10% difference in pricing is massive when you start talking about projects that an average commercial roof costs, say, $250,000. And then you have some that are millions of dollars. So, I mean, you're you're talking big, big dollars here. And so making sure that you are apples to apples and making sure that you are getting the best value is extremely important. Ensure that your scope is written and that the contractors that you are getting bids from are not giving you their own proposals based upon their scope, but they're giving you a proposal based upon your scope that has been written. This is something that consultants do quite often, and if you are already used to using consultants, you probably are aware that that is a value that they provide, is making sure that apples to apples are done in the procurement process. The, the difference between um, consultants and, and what I do is, uh, number one, the technology that we utilize uh, is, is different um, and, and really helps with streamlining. But also, it's done in a way that there are no additional fees charged on the, for writing specs, for procuring bids. Um, and it's a, it's a process that just really allows you very efficiently to get bids within a, a short two-week period of time. And, uh, and then even provides a, a project management beyond that to ensure things were done the way that they were scoped and, and meant to be done properly. So this is something that um, I'm happy to talk further about. If you'd like to reach out to me again, uh, please DM me on LinkedIn. I would be happy to talk further about your specific needs and talk about how I might be able to help you with some of those needs. I thank you all for listening again to episode five, Apples versus Oranges. I will be announcing episode six coming up this, uh, later this week and uh, look forward to hearing and talking to you guys again uh, next Monday at 10 a.m. as always. And until then, stay dry. You're listening to Talk Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.